because I, okay. I can see the gallery right now. Okay. And this meeting is being recorded for those of us on Zoom. Okay, there we go. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy, Compulsive Overeater. So grateful to be here. And I want to start out with a shout out um, to Jill and to Shelby and to Lance and to all the other moderators and uh, those that have been involved in recording the meeting. Uh, it is a lifesaver to have our podcast. And if you've not gone on the Skivvy website, the podcasts are all listed there. I'm going to cry. They have been there all of my nine years in program for me. And what I do is I'm the primary cook and chef and bottle washer <laughs> at our home for all the holidays. And what I do and my sponsor at giving me direction in the very beginning, put those podcasts on. And uh, in the beginning, I used OA.org. They've got some great ones there. And then, of course, Skivvy. And this holiday, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, I put on our podcast. And thank you guys for posting them. I went through, I don't know how many, six, seven a day. It was fabulous. I could be immersed in food, but not have to have my head immersed in food. My head was immersed in program. I wanted to start out with that. Thank you. Um, I'm Sandy, Compulsive Overeater, and I'm going to screen share uh, 2014. I'm going to screen share what I looked like when I first came in in just a second. I wasn't looking to come into OA. Um, it just, a family member had had an alcoholic meltdown, and I went to that appropriate meeting, a 12-step meeting, a sister of this program, and they said, um, you know, you too might have a problem of your own. And I heard that for my first three meetings, and I thought, yeah. I need to go to Overeaters Anonymous, and I had no idea what that was. And that was back in October 2014, so I'm going to screen share what I look like at that point. Okay. My highest weight was just shy of 200 pounds. I've lost about four, 70 pounds. But there I am here. I'm in the 180 somewhere. This is me right here. I'm sorry I couldn't block out the rest. We were in New York uh, celebrating uh, our 60th birthday and uh, visiting a dear friend. Well, that's what I look like. I came into the program uh, the end of September and uh, knew I was going to go on this trip at the 1st of October. And I had called someone not to be my sponsor, but just to say, hey, I'm going to be out of town for a week. I'm going to do my very best to, to you know, moderate my eating or whatever. And um, I'm so grateful for this program because my history is that it started really, my compulsive eating started with two different things. One, stealing, and two, boredom. I was six years old. It's my earliest memory. All the playmates in my grandmother's neighborhood uh, went home, and I was outside all by myself, bored. And I thought, oh, my grandmother has this little candy dish. I'm going to go get a candy what was that about? Because I knew I'd get, and back in that day, you know, I'd get a little spanking. I knew that I was risking <laughs> some problems. But I snuck in, got that dish lid open, but I couldn't put it back because I had the little six-year-old hands and they weren't very quiet trying to get that lid. And the voice from the kitchen, my mother's voice said, put that candy down and get back outside and play. And I threw the candy down and ran outside. <laughs> That was my very first recollection, but stealing really was a big hallmark for me and my compulsive overeating. Uh, I can remember at nine, my parents wanted me to learn how to cook. 
And so they put, my mom didn't want me there with the pots and pans and the flame and all that stuff. So she gave me the task of making dessert because our family had a little bit of dessert every meal. And so I learned to make little cakes or little puddings or things like that. And I could manage the egg beaters. Problem was, you know how you can take that spatula or that spoon when you're making a cake to push down the sides? Well, I decided that it'd be great if I tasted it. And one time I made a cake, you know, normally a cake is what, two, three inches? It was like a half an inch and my parents never said one thing to me. I had eaten that much batter. I'm like nine years old, 10 years old. And I feel guilty inside, but I could not stop. I had no idea that it was an obsession of the mind and compulsion of the body. Fast forward, stealing, stealing my grandmother's candy in the refrigerator, stealing my mom's candy in the refrigerator. Why I was in the lettuce drawer, I don't know. I was scouring that refrigerator to find something to eat. And there it was in the lettuce drawer underneath all the lettuce was this um, the, the chocolate bar, so to speak. And, and, and inside it had coconut and I didn't like coconut so I meticulously ate the chocolate off the coconut and put the coconut back in there for the family thank you I heard that for the uh you know for my mother or my grandmother to eat and and yes I did get found out and um yeah I it just was out of control when I was 14, I heard that there was some sort of WW program because I was convinced that um, I needed to lose weight. That was my first introduction to diet. And I'm going to screen share another photo. Um, this one right here is um, at about somewhere between 8 and 10, 11 years old. And I, I guess I had body dysmorphia because I was not a skinny mini. I looked at these thighs and I looked at these arms and I thought they were fat compared to all my stick thin friends. And um, by the time I was 14, I knew I needed to lose weight. How was I going to do it? Stop sharing. Uh, the WW program came out and you had to have your parents' signature. So I begged my mom to let me, you know, join that particular program. And I wish I had a nickel for every time I joined that program because I was never successful in it because I didn't know about compulsive eating. And this is lifelong until I came into this program. There was always a stint every year in that particular program. You know, it never really got to the heart of the problem, obsession of the mind and compulsion of the body. I came into this program after losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, all of my adult life, up and down, 30 up, 30 down, 40, 50 up, 20 down, on and on. And when I finally agreed in that other program that I had a problem, I joined Overeaters Anonymous and I went to a meeting uh, late September in Burbank, California, which is the San Fernando Valley. This meeting comes out of the San Gabriel Valley, which is just a little further east of Los Angeles for those that are from out of town. And uh, when I walked in the door, I was convinced this was a cult. Why is everybody saying, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm Sandy. I'm a compulsive overeater. I thought, oh, what am I getting myself into? And I made sure I sat by the door in case I needed to run out because I had no idea what was going to happen. But as soon as they started to share and I heard our readings, 
about obsession of the mind and compulsion of the body, I knew I had a disease and that that whole thing about self-will and willpower, it just melted away and it made perfect sense what was, quote, wrong with me, why I could not put the food down. And I'm going to share one sad, very sad thing. It's very sad for me. It's hard for me to share this. And I haven't really, I have not shared this in any of our meetings. Just before I came into program, the compulsion was so bad. My family um, is, uh, um, has celiac disease. They're gluten. It's beyond gluten intolerant. It's actually an autoimmune disease. And the three of them, my daughter, my son, and my husband, um, but I couldn't take it. I wanted to eat a pizza, and I ordered one. The guy showed up, and you know the aroma, the whole nine yards. And it was for me, me only. And I sat there, and I ate the whole thing, and my family staring at me, you know, and I'm crying inside. They're staring at me with their mouth open. Mommy, can we have some? No, you can't have some. This is where my disease took me. Uh, it was still a few years before I came into program. Um, but when I found out we had this disease, it made sense, that craziness that I experienced, they're ordering that pizza. But I heard hope for the first time, if I followed a few simple steps, if I got a sponsor, okay, found somebody that had something I wanted. My sponsor shared she had lost over 100 pounds, kept it off 14 years, went out of the program for 19 years, Put back on 125 plus, came back in, lost that weight and had kept it off for however much time. I thought I need to hear how this woman could be honest about losing the weight, gaining it and coming back into this program. Who would want to do that? How embarrassing is that? And um, I actually still have that sponsor. I've had other sponsors, but I still have that sponsor. We work the steps together. She asked me, what's your abstinence? And I said, well, what's that? I mean, I knew what the word meant, but not in a way. And she said, you know, what do you, what do you eat all the time? I gave her a list of 15 foods. And she said, no, 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 keep it simple. So it became sugar. I had to call out sugar, chocolate, chocolate and all its relatives, you know, sugar-free, carob, all of them, and potato chips. I never met a bag or a box I couldn't get to the bottom of. And that was it. Six months in, worked the steps. Uh, miracle of miracles. Um, I want to backtrack. Thank you. That very first time that I met with my sponsor and she asked my abstinence, God relieved me of that compulsion to eat those foods. It was a miracle. It was not something that originated within me. It was a gift that was given me by higher power. However, make no mistake. Two and a half months of sugar withdrawal. I wanted to put myself in some sort of institute, but sanity uh, step two took over because I realized the only things they have are like for drugs and uh, alcohol. And I thought they're going to serve me regular food. I can't eat regular food. I have an abstinent plan. No sugar, chocolate, and potato chips, three meals a day and three optional snacks. And that still is the same today pretty much. Uh, I work with a nutritionist. I was told that that might be helpful. And I had, uh, yes, I had severe hypoglycemia that I managed by um, proper amounts of protein and uh, exercise as well. Um, and the pandemic played havoc with that whole thing. I had to go back to the nutritionist and we had to work some things out. And um, 
I do actually have a hypoglycemia meal plan. And if I get into trouble, I go into that. And that was established by my nutritionist as well. Uh, and I'm so grateful that I was directed to do that in program. They said, hey, if you need a little help, you know, we don't know everything there is to know about food plants. Go check in with a nutritionist. And that's exactly what I did. Um, and it was in that room that I was, uh, that very first room that I heard about our steps, our traditions, about getting a sponsor, about seven tradition, about our literature. Uh, I'm so grateful that we have these tools, that we have meetings. And meetings in the early days, I worked on the weekends and I was able to go to um, meetings during the week. And I often went to at least two meetings a day because I was that sick. Um, and now I want to shift over into the hope and our reading today about acceptance. Um, our reading about acceptance is, is so important to me. And recently I've had a health turn. After years of living in Southern California with no sunscreen, um, I'm on my fifth and sixth uh, bout with skin cancer. I'm in good hands. I've got a great doctor. Um, but the shock of number five was kind of on my chest area. And it was a mole that's been my friend my entire life. You look in the mirror in the very morning and there's the mole and it's not changed until recently. And when I went in for my skin check, the doctor said, oh, this has the hallmarks of melanoma. I said, no, 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 this is the mole I've known all my life. Yes, it's changed shape a little bit, and but no, no. And then the doctor repeated, hallmark of melanoma melanoma and this is what program has done for me this is what life is like today program said pause take a pause and listen and I realized whoa and I said you're the professional I defer to your best judgment and sure enough it's melanoma in situ and for those that don't know you've got the four layers of your skin but on the very top is what's called zero or in situ. And if a cancer is encapsulated there, have a very good prognosis. You don't need radiation or chemotherapy. And my heart goes out to all those that need those kinds of things. But um, at this status, um, I'm waiting for my surgery, which will be in about a week and a half or so. But you know what? Acceptance. I wasn't accepting that diagnosis for about five days. I really just kind of lost it. And um, talked to my sponsor, and it, it really didn't matter. And finally, on the fifth day, just like in turning over my food, I just said, I can't take this. I, I just can't handle this within myself. I, I surrender. I turn it over to you. And that was that first step of acceptance. And here's what popped into my head, our reading. It says nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. And we read about acceptance today in our reading. And as soon as I read that, I turned it over to higher power. And I do feel peace. Yes, there's a little nervousness about having surgery and all that. I'm human, yes. But that angst, that robbing me of my peace and serenity is gone. This program works in area, area of my life. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about as well is that the joy I have in giving service. My sponsor told me two weeks in, she said, oh, there's this meeting, blah, 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 uh, called Inner Group. 
And uh, my interpretation, thank you. Uh, my time is up. I've got my two minutes. This is exactly it. Thank you. And um, you have five more minutes. Oh, I so, do. Okay, great. Set up for three and then two. How's that? Oh, great. Thank you. Okay. Um, in a group, she said in group and the way she explained it, I thought, oh, I get it. It's just like PTA. You go to this meeting and she said, yeah, once a month you go to this meeting for an hour or two and then you report back to your meeting. And I said, okay. So pretty much I've given service these nine years and program uh, at the intergroup level in all various ways. I want to mention one other thing. When my mom was passing away, she was in the hospital for a month, and this was in 2017. There I was in her room, and you know the, the eating trays, you know, that go up and down that they have by their bed? Well, they brought in an extra one, and I brought in my laptop. And at that time, I was working in a, a different fellowship doing their newsletter. And I would quietly work on the newsletter. I'd pick my eyes up, and there was my mom in her bed, and I'd cry. And there was a window, and I'd look out, and the blue sky. And mm -hmm. I would thank God that I got to do OA work and have my peace and serenity while I was caring for my mom. You know, only this program can give me that freedom to enjoy, still be abstinent, still have my head in the game. And it's not a game. It's the game of life, so to speak. But um, this program has given me so much. And the last thing I want to say is the treasure of friendships that I've made here. Guys, it's only you that can understand these crazy things. And I'm going to depart with this. Yes, I am still a compulsive overeater. I went back to the doctor, just my regular doctor, to check in. I've got a little thing going on with my heel, and I wanted her to look at one of the biopsies. It's still a little red and rashy. There I am, convinced I had gained weight because they're going to weigh you. And I purposely was trying to wear shoes that I could take off, that thin clothes and all this stuff. And I paused, and I said, what are you doing? You don't care about this anymore. I thought, well... This stuff still comes up, but now I know what to do. Turn it over, and it did not matter. And guess what, folks? When I weighed in, she said, oh, you're two pounds less than you were last time you were here. <laughs> and I said, thank you, higher power. This brain does not know about scale and weight. It's turning over my food to you each and every day. And whatever your will is, I'm signed up for a lifetime. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. And thanks so much, Malia, for um, timing me and helping me. 